going to ask you to open your Bibles to the book of James. As we begin a new sermon series, start part of a new Bible study tonight out of the book of James. Esta noche comenzamos un estudio bíblico nuevo del libro de Santiago. And five years ago, I, uh, I began a pastoral ministry here in uh, Beeville, here in this church. And uh, one of the first series I taught was the book of James. So I don't know if I'll do it every five years, but maybe. All right, it's about that time, though. Uh, the book of James is a very practical book, uh, which is good for every believer to be studying and to be um, learning from. El libro de Santiago es un libro muy importante o muy práctico, el cual cada creyente debe estar siempre aprendiendo uh, y estudiando por lo práctico que es. And so I just want to, uh, we're going to go through the book of James, and we're going to be talking about pressure points. Vamos a estar hablando uh, a través de este libro sobre um, áreas de presión, no de depresión, pero de presión uh, en nuestra vida. We're going to be talking about pressure points that occur in the Christian life. And so we're going to be going through this book as we discuss the different pressure points that you and I experience. How many of you have ever been under pressure? ¿Cuántos han estado bajo presión? A certain kind of pressure can produce a lot of pain. Cierta clase de presión puede producir dolor. Other kinds of pressure can produce relief. Otra clase de presión puede producir alivio. Uh, and there are, in life, pressure points. There are moments that press us, that test us. And in the Christian life in particular, we face these opportunities um, for us to be able to grow and to develop. And so we're going to be talking about pressure points uh, for the next few weeks out of the book of James. And we're going to read tonight beginning at verse 1, chapter 1, verse 1, and down to verse um, 11, please. Santiago capítulo 1, el verso 1 al 11. James, the bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes who are dispersed abroad, greetings. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. And he must ask in faith without any doubting, but the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed about by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. But the brother of humble circumstances is to glory in his high position, and the rich man is to glory in his humiliation, because like the flowering grass, so he will pass away. For the sun rises with a scorching wind, and withers the grass, and its flowers falls off, and the beauty of its appearance is destroyed, so too the rich man in the midst of his pursuits will fade away. Verse 12, but blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to all those who love him. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight for the presence of the Holy Spirit among us. I ask that you would anoint my lips of clay to teach the word of the living God and I ask that you would anoint the hearing of this congregation, that together we might hear the word as receptive hearers, and we might put it into practice. We ask that in Jesus' name, let the church say amen. Amen. I want to just begin by asking you a simple question. How many of you are in a pressure point right now? ¿Cuántos de ustedes están en un momento de presión ahora? I have a feeling that most of us have been at moments of pressure, Sin duda, cada uno de nosotros ha estado en momentos de presión. And pressure comes uh, in different ways to different people. La presión se siente 
ocurre en diferentes maneras a diferentes personas, but it does come to everybody. Eh, la presión viene a todos, aunque la forma en que venga es diferente. Uh, maybe you are experiencing financial pressure. Ever experienced financial pressure before? ¿Cuántos han experimentado la presión financiera? Uh, de vez en cuando uh, viene esa presión financiera. How many of you have ever felt uh, an illness that brought a physical pressure? ¿Cuántos han sentido enfermedad que trajo una presión física? Maybe you have been under a spiritual attack and you felt spiritual pressure. Anyone ever felt that? O una presión espiritual. You had the right amount of money. You had the right kind of job. You had the right um, health, but your spirit was under pressure. It happens, doesn't it? And uh, so life will bring us a series of moments when we are going to have pressure points. La vida va a traer una serie de momentos de presión, de puntos de presión. And so at the outset of this study, al comienzo de este estudio, we're going to look at five uh, simple commands that the Lord gives us for how to handle pressure points in our life. El, el, uh, el comienzo de nuestro estudio, el, la palabra del Señor nos da cinco cosas que tenemos que hacer en un momento de presión. You're going to have pressure points. Uh, they are part of life. Los puntos de presión son parte de la vida. Pero, ¿qué hacemos con ello? Es la pregunta. What we do with them is really the question that bears uh, asking tonight. And so, since all of us have been in those moments, I just want to uh, start by saying that what appears to uh, the enemy, if it's the enemy who is the source of the pressure, what appears to the enemy to be something that is used by, uh, by his ability to destroy or break your faith, God actually uses in order to build up your faith. Lo que el enemigo usa para querer quebrantar tu fe, Dios lo usa para edificar nuestra fe. So I want you to know that pressure points are not uh, the worst thing in life. In fact, they are actually to your advantage. Los puntos de presión son para nuestra ventaja. It's been said before that, that what doesn't um, what doesn't kill you will make you stronger. Se ha dicho que lo que no te mata te hace más fuerte. Well, that's actually not that far from our text tonight. Eso no está muy lejos de nuestro tema esta noche. Porque lo que a veces pensamos, esto me va a destruir, Dios lo está usando para hacernos más fuerte. Whatever you thought was destroying you, God is actually using to make you stronger. And the fact is that muscle only grows under resistance. El músculo solo crece bajo resistencia. And so if there's no resistance, there's no growth. Donde no hay resistencia, no hay crecimiento. So tell your neighbor, no resistance, no growth. All right, so next time you get some resistance, don't panic. All right? Understand that this is an opportunity for growth. Si no hay resistencia, no hay crecimiento. Tiene que haber resistencia. And uh, it's been said about a little uh, chick that's hatching out of an egg that if you, if you help it uh, hatch out of its egg, uh, it cannot develop the strength in its neck to be able to hold its head up. And so as that little chick is in that, in that eggshell pecking its way out, every little peck is producing the kind of resistance that's going to give it the, the uh, ability to hold its head up when it's born. Se dice que cuando un pollito está saliendo de la... ¿Cómo? El cascarón que uh, con el pico comienza a quebrar el cascarón, la cáscara de aquel huevo. Y si usted le ayuda, dice, mira el pollito, yo le voy a ayudar a salir. Si usted le ayuda a salir, no forma la, la fuerza necesaria para poder detener su cabeza hacia arriba. Entonces esa resistencia la, uh, le está produciendo más fuerza. That resistance is producing 
your strength. And so maybe you're hatching out of an egg and you're trying to get all the help in the world and you're saying, where is the cavalry? I need some help over here. And God is saying, if I help you the way you want it, you're not going to develop the strength that you need in order to get your head up and to hold it square. And so uh, tonight, God is saying to you, don't panic over pressure points. No entres a pánico cuando tengas puntos de presión. All right, ready? Number one. Here we go. Verse two says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. That's the first thing you and I have to do when we come to a pressure point in our life. We need to learn to consider it all joy. Lo primero que tenemos que aprender hacer cuando viene un punto de presión en nuestra vida es lo que dice Santiago capítulo 1 verso 2 considéralo como gozo hermanos cuando tengas diversidad de pruebas what kind of trials it says when you have um, various trials different kinds cuando tengas diversidad de pruebas Consideralo todo como gozo. Now here's what this does not mean, okay? Some people have a misunderstanding of this. And it does not mean that you have to be happy about getting bad news. That doesn't mean the doctor tells you you have, um, you have a disease. You say, I'm so happy about this. Okay, that's not what this means. Eso no quiere decir que usted uh, tiene gozo cuando le dan mala noticia y dice, qué bueno que me dio esta enfermedad. No, no se trata de eso. What this means is that when you go through trial, you smile at the trial because that trial is actually being, uh, being sent to produce something in your life. Lo que quiere decir esto es que cuando viene una prueba, usted sonríe a la prueba porque sabe que la prueba va a producir algo in su vida. It's kind of like when you see a uh, ice cream truck coming down the road, you smile, don't you? Uh, because you see an opportunity. So James says, when you see a trial coming around the corner, smile. Because it's coming around that corner to produce something in your life. Cuando usted vea un problema acercándose a su vida, sonría. Porque eso quiere decir que viene una prueba a su vida uh, para producir algo en usted. So you don't have to be uh, particularly enjoying the trial itself. But the fact that what this trial is going to produce is going to produce joy and strength in your life. La prueba va a producir fuerza y va a producir alegría en su vida. Now, I'll grant you this, this evening that this is the hardest one of the five things to do. Esto es lo más difícil de las cinco cosas hacer. Because most often, when we come into pressure, what do we do? We turn that smile upside down, right? We start frowning. Cuando viene la prueba, usualmente comenzamos a pensar lo negativo, comenzamos a renegar. Usually, if a trial comes, we start thinking all the bad and the negative. We start to complain and renege and say, Lord, if, I, if you were on my side, this would not have happened to me. And I'm a tither and I'm a giver. And Pastor Isaac just preached this week about me being a blessing. And, and I don't understand why this is going on. And when you get the wrong attitude, you, you have a hard time learning the lesson of the trial. Si usted se mete a lo negativo, comienza a decir, bueno, que yo soy diezmador, que yo voy a la iglesia, que yo soy bueno, que yo ayudo a los, ancian, a los ancianos que usan la calle, y mira lo que me está pasando a mí, no merezco esto. Usted comienza a enfocarse en lo negativo y ya no tiene la oportunidad de aprender de la prueba. Así que dice, Cuéntalo como gozo cuando vengan variedades de pruebas. Count it all joy when you experience various trials. Now, why do trials come? ¿Por qué vienen las pruebas? Number one, this is not, uh, not real deep, but it's important for you to know. Trials come because you and I live in a fallen world. 
Número uno, las pruebas vienen porque vivimos en, una, en un mundo dañado por el pecado. You live in a fallen world. Vivemos en un mundo dañado por el pecado. A world that's been damaged by sin. That means you're going to experience trials. Sickness is going to come. Um, setbacks are going to come. Storms are gonna, going to come. A veces viene la prueba no porque hiciste nada malo o nada bueno. Simplemente porque eres humano y vives en la tierra. Now, sometimes trials come, guys, not because you did anything right or wrong, but simply because you're human and you live on the earth and you live in a fallen world. So we need, to, we need to recognize that not everything is from the devil. Say amen, somebody. We like to blame everything on the devil. Queremos echar la culpa al diablo muchas veces, pero no siempre es el diablo. Sometimes if you got a flat tire, you just got a flat tire because there's sharp stuff out there on the road that when it punctures your tire, you're flat. The devil didn't have to do that. A veces si usted se poncha una llanta, no fue el diablo. Me imagino que el diablo tiene mejores cosas que hacer. I, I'm sure the devil has worse things to do than to mess with your uh, tar your car tire. Sometimes trials just happen. A veces cosas pasan. Y no tiene nada que ver con que no fuiste a la iglesia esta semana o si fuiste. It has nothing to do with you went to church, you didn't go to church, God's punishing you, God's getting your attention. Sometimes things just happen. And when they just happen, you and I re need to realize that even though this just happened to me, that I can smile at this trial because I can learn something out of this. Usted puede saber que aunque a veces las cosas pasan, puede sonreír a eso y saber que aunque vivo en un mundo dañado, aunque vivo en un mundo donde pasan cosas como estas, también hay una oportunidad de crecer y de uh, uh, vencer en mi fe. The, another reason trials come is often because you're a Christian. A veces vienen las pruebas porque somos cristianos. First Peter chapter 4 verse 12 talks about the fact that trials come often to the life of a believer. A veces las pruebas vienen contra un cristiano por el hecho de que él es cristiano. And here's the fact that if you and I are walking counterculture, we're walking against the grain of the world and we're walking against the grain of the way the, the, the system of the world is, then we're going to experience trials. Si usted y yo vamos caminando en contra del sistema del diablo y del mundo, vamos a tener pruebas en el camino. You're going to have trials if you're climbing a mountain. Si usted va cruz, uh, uh, subiendo un monte, va a tener pruebas. Guess what? The call of God is always upward. You're going away from the crowd, away from the current, away from the world, away from the patterns of sin, and that is going to produce opportunities for trials to come into your life. A veces las, las pruebas vienen porque simplemente usted se decidió servir a Dios. And let me just tell you this. If you don't pass the devil on the way to work, it's because you're walking in the same direction. Okay, so if, if you're going to walk against the, the grain, you're going to have trials. Si usted va a caminar en contra del diablo, va a tener uh, problemas. Si usted no se encuentra con el diablo, de vez en cuando en el camino al trabajo es porque van caminando en la misma dirección. Si usted se encuentra con él, es porque van a otro lugar. If you have If you butt heads with the devil from time to time, it's because you're walking in a different direction. Somebody say amen. amen. All right? So trials come because you're a believer. And I wish I could say, you know what, now you're a believer, you're a Christian, no more trials for you. Quisiera decir, ya eres creyente, ya no va a haber pruebas. No more pressure points. But the fact is that you probably have more pressure points now than you did before. Because before, you told a little white lie, you didn't think about it at all. But now you're walking against the grain, and you decide to tell the truth. And now there's resistance. 
But in that resistance, there's growth. So when the enemy rises up, and he often will rise up, it is because you are fighting the good fight of faith. And so you can expect then, sometimes trials just happen because you live in a fallen world, but sometimes they happen because you're a believer and the enemy is opposing you and opposing the purpose of God in your life. And that's ultimately the greatest reason why the enemy brings a, a, a test or a stumbling block into your life is he's trying to oppose the purpose of God in your life. ¿Por qué trae el enemigo pruebas a nuestra vida? Porque se quiere oponer al propósito de Dios en tu vida. If, if you came to Christ, you became a soul winner. Guess who the enemy is fighting? He's fighting you because you're the soul winner now. Your old friends seem to be having a great old time and here you are fighting and struggling just trying to get through the day because the enemy is fighting the purpose that God had placed on your life. El enemigo viene en contra del propósito que Dios ha puesto en tu vida. So you know what I do when the enemy comes against me, when I feel opposed and I feel like the enemy is resisting me? I just smile about it because I know that I am threatening him to the very core of the kingdom of hell. Cuando yo veo que el enemigo se opone, es porque yo sé que estamos haciendo guerra contra el enemigo. You know, there's some churches, not, not in here in Beville, but in some cities I've been to, they're so at peace with the devil. They're not a threat to anybody. There's a little demon on a crutch that's guarding them because they're, they're not threatening anybody. They're not witnessing. They're not praying. They're not worshiping. They're just going through tradition, going through routine. But when you have a church that knows how to pray and a church that knows how to win the loss and a church that knows how to oppose hell and a church that knows how to cast down strongholds, the enemy is going to oppose that church. Because we are a threat to the kingdom of darkness. Porque el enemigo se opone a cualquier iglesia que sea, uh, que sea una, uh, una oportunidad de dañar el reino de las tinieblas. So smile. Are you under pressure tonight? Smile. You know, the devil often knows more or I should say, he believes God better than we do. This is why. Because if, if the Lord said to you, I'm going to use you this year, 2017, I'm going to use you to be a soul winner, this is what we do. Oh, thank you, Lord. That's such a nice <laughs> prophetic word. But the devil says, uh-oh. You know, the Bible said that the Pharisees would come to Jesus' church services just to watch him heal. They knew he was going to heal people. They were his enemies, and they showed up just to oppose him. And then you have the rest of the church people just in there like, wonder what's going to happen today. No expectation. You don't have to expect God to do what God said he was going to do. If the enemy believes that what God's going to do, said he would do, he would do, then the church ought to believe that what God said he would do, he would do. Come on, somebody. You ought to, we ought to expect God to fulfill his word in your life and his purpose for your life. So smile. Count it all joy. Why? Because this... This is producing something in my life. Number two, we said, consider it all joy. That's the first one. The second one is in verse three. It says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. So this is the second command tonight. The first one is, count it all joy. The second one is, know. There is something that you need to know. La segunda cosa que tenemos que hacer es saber. Say that with me, no. The word no in the, in the old uh, King James is the word reckon. La palabra en el, uh, en el uh, español antiguo, en el inglés antiguo, es una palabra financiera. 
The word no is a, is a financial term. Okay, so just let me explain this to you. Have you ever saved up money for a vacation? Anybody in here? None of you have ever taken a vacation. Have you ever saved up money? Yes. Okay, you're, you're, uh, you guys don't go on vacations. How many of you have ever saved up money for a new appliance? Yes? Okay. And, and so you had the money. It was in a savings account. Or it was under your mattress or in a jar somewhere. Usted arzó su dinero para comprar algo y lo pone en, un, en una cuenta aparte o bajo el colchón o, o en, una, en una jarra, quién sabe dónde lo pone. Y ahí está el dinero porque usted va a comprar esta cosa que cuesta más o menos 500 dólares. This thing you're going to buy costs more or less 500 dólares. But you have $700 saved. Tiene 700 dólares ahí arzados. And you go one day, you're window shopping, and you see the item that you like, and you're probably going to buy. Usted va de compras un día, y ve la cosa que quiere comprar, y le pregunta al que, al que la está vendiendo, ¿cuánto cuesta? You ask, how much does this cost? How much do you have at home? You have $700 at home. ¿Cuánto cuesta? Usted tiene $700 en la casa. ¿Cuánto cuesta? Él le dice, cuesta $550. He says, that's going to cost you $550. What do you do? Okay. Why? Because you reckon. That's what the word reckon means. That you have accounted in your mind, you reckon that you have the money at home. Usted ya hizo la decisión, sabe que tiene el dinero en la casa. Así que cuando le dicen, va a costar 550 dólares, usted ya piensa, ok, yo lo puedo comprar. Eso es lo que quiere decir la, la palabra que, que usa el, el apóstol aquí. That's the word that James uses here when he says, reckon, consider, or understand, know that the testing of uh, your faith produces endurance. In other words, you can already account it as though what you need in order to get through this trial is already in the bank. Lo que usted ya necesita para cumplir con esta prueba ya está en la cuenta bancaria. Somebody say amen. You don't have to worry about whether or not I'm going to have the endurance I need in order to get to the, through this trial because if you're going through the trial, you can reckon that whatever you need to get through it is already in the cookie jar waiting for you to draw on it by faith. Lo que usted va a necesitar para hacer el pago de esta cuenta ya está en su cuenta. So what you need to start doing is thinking, what am I going to do with the other $150? Ahora, usted tiene que estar pensando, ¿qué voy a hacer con el, el dinero que me resta? Ahora tengo más que lo que pensaba que necesitaba. So what is he saying? He says, you need to know something. What do I need to know? I need to know that this trial is is going to produce something in my life. Tengo que saber que esta prueba está produciendo algo en mi vida. Every trial produces something. Cada prueba produce algo en mi vida. And I can reckon myself as already having the, the, the grace needed in order to do what this trial requires of me. So if the, if the trial that, that is in your life requires you to have peace, guess what? You need to reckon, I already have the peace. If the trial requires you to have $550, even though you don't have it in a cookie jar at home, you can smile at the trial and say, I got it. Why? Because if the trial came into your life, it's in order to produce something in your life. La prueba va a producir algo 
en tu vida. God does not have unfunded mandates. Dios no pone cosas en nuestra vida que usted y yo no podamos hacer. Anytime he demands something of you, he will always give you the grace to accomplish that. Cuando Dios demanda algo de ti, te va a dar la gracia para que lo puedas obtener y para que puedas cumplir con él. Alright, so he says the working of the testing of your faith is producing something. What's it producing? ¿Qué está siendo producido en nuestra vida? What does it say? What? ¿Qué está siendo producido? La paciencia. The word endurance is translated as the word patience. The test produces endurance. La, la prueba produce la paciencia. Now, often when you think of patience, you think of sitting in a waiting room um, watching a goldfish go around the, the tank, right? But that's not what the word patience really means in this text. La palabra paciencia no significa simplemente la habilidad de esperar sin desesperarse. Patience means that you are able to stand under pressure. La palabra paciencia aquí se refiere a poder pararse bajo presión. So every time a test comes into your life, it's producing the strength to stand up under pressure. Cuando viene una prueba a tu vida, está produciendo la fuerza para poderte parar bajo la presión. It's like a bridge. Uh, when a, a bridge has been built, what do they have to do? They have to test with uh, whether or not that bridge can withstand the pressure that it's supposed to be able to withstand. So you have to have a test in your life in order to, to make sure that you have the strength that you need to stand up under pressure. There was a day when if you had, uh, if you had a flat tire, you would have lost your cool. But that little, t that little tire incident back there made you a little stronger. So now uh, you have a bigger test in your life. Now your teenager has wrecked your car because they took it out without asking for permission. And you're like this, you know, under that pressure, right? There's a, there's a testing of that now. But see, you get through that trial, someday someone walks in the hospital room and tells you you have terminal cancer. See, the fact that you got through this trial and this trial and this trial means you can smile at that doctor and say, thank you, sir, but God has the last word. The testing of your faith is producing the ability to stand under pressure. So smile at the test and reckon or consider, know this. You have to know this. Whatever this trial is, something is being produced in my life. Lo que sea la prueba en mi vida, algo está siendo producido. Now here's the thing about trials, that you cannot judge somebody else in their trial. Because it's easy for us to look at someone under trial and say, if I was in that situation, here's what I would do. A veces vemos a alguien pasando una prueba y decimos, si yo estuviera en esa situación, yo haría esto. But the fact is that what you need to produce what you need in your life doesn't require that trial. It requires a different kind of trial. And you may not know what bridge God's building. So sometimes you see people going through a lot of trials and you think, man, they just need to get it together. You don't know how far that bridge has got to go to get to where God wants it to go. So instead of, instead of judging in someone else's trial, you just sit there and pray for them because God knows what he's building and producing into that life. Dios sabe lo que él está produciendo en tu vida a través de esa, de esa prueba. Así que no puede pasar tiempo juzgando la prueba de alguien más. 
Sometimes people, people will say to me, Pastor, um, I think that person's not, all, not right up at the top. You know. I think they're les falta. You know, les falta. And you know what I think? Sometimes I think if you knew what they had been through, you'd be surprised how sane they are. You don't know the pressure they've been under, the test they've been under. And, and somebody might say, I wish that guy would just sit tight in church. He's got to be bouncing up and down and dancing and shouting. And you say, I say, leave them alone because you don't know what it took to get to church for that guy. You don't know the pressure they had to endure just to get through this week. So don't criticize someone else who's going through pressure. You just pray for them and smile when your trial comes because if you had been through what they had been through, you might be jumping and shouting the same. We have to, we have to know this is producing something in my life. Esto, tenemos que saberlo, está produciendo algo en mi vida. And you're going to be, listen, I think you'll be in that trial until you learn and produce what that trial needs to produce in your life. Esa prueba va a permanecer mientras usted aprenda lo que esa prueba vino a producir en su vida. Until you pass the first grade test, you can't take the second grade test. And if you don't want to go through trials, you're going to be in first grade all your life. I don't like going through trials. Well, then that also means that you don't get to go on the fourth grade field trip either. Come on, somebody. We like to say, God, get me out of this trial. And God is saying, if I get you out of this trial, you're going to stay in the first grade for the rest of your Christian walk. We don't have time for that. There are souls to be won. There's a church to build. There's a city to change. We got to get you going. We got to move you up. Pressure points. Can you handle? Can you handle it? All right, verse 4. And let endurance have its perfect result. Here's the third one. First thing you got to do is consider it all joy. Second thing you got to do is know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And four and number three, you have to let endurance have its perfect result. Tell your neighbor, let. How many of you have a hard time letting? You have a headache, you take the aspirin, and you want it to work right there, right? What do you do? You got to let it work. And some of you have a hard time letting, just letting God do this. Oh, this is going to be a hard one. It's a good thing we're running out of time because I could tell that y'all are you're not going to like this one. Maybe your trial is the person you married. Not forever, but just in this season. My, they're going through something, and they're a trial to you right now. And, and you think, if I just hit them hard enough with my elbow in church while pastor's preaching, then I'll get through to them. And the Lord is saying, let. Let me be the Holy Spirit in their life. I know you're sweating. <laughs> you have to let endurance have its perfect result. Because if you could do this, you would have already done it. This is not something you can do. This is something you have to let God do. And the hardest time uh, that we have sometimes in trials is that we want to tell God how to do it. Who to do it with? When to do it? And the Lord just sits there, I think, laughing at us. He says, are you done yet? Are you going to let me do this? Are 
You going to let me handle this? And he's saying that to some people right now, tonight. I'm having trouble not making eye contact, right? Deja, dice la palabra, deja que la paciencia obre su obra perfecta. Esa palabra deja es importante porque muchos no saben dejar. Quieren estar piqui, 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 piqui. Queriendo hacer lo que quieren, lograr lo que quieren. Y Dios dice, deja. Déjame a mí hacer esto. You cannot nag somebody into the kingdom of God. You can't nag your husband or your wife or your kids into the heart and the, the behavior you want. You have to let God be the one who works in their life. Because maybe right now what God's not working on is the kid. Maybe he's working on you. Mm, Pastor, it's almost time to dismiss. Quizá lo que Dios está trabajando ahorita no es el niño. Quizá usted el niño está usando el niño para trabajar en usted. Say, deja. It's hard to leave it alone, isn't it? A veces es difícil dejar las cosas. Pero dice la palabra, deja que la paciencia obre su obra perfecta. Let endurance have its perfect work. Look at that word, perfect. What God does, he does perfectly. Lo que Dios hace, Dios hace perfectamente. And, and often, the only thing that spoils the work of God is the hands of his Christians. A veces lo que daña el trabajo del Señor no es Dios, es la mano de los hermanos que quieren meter la cuchara y decir, aquí se hace, aquí se hace. Dios dije, dice, deja, déjame a mí. Tú ora, tú espera, tú haces el trabajo que te di. Yo me voy a encargar de esto, déjalo. I'm helping somebody tonight. If you listen, I'm helping somebody. Because you, you try it your way and it doesn't work your way. You need some backup. And the backup is the Holy Spirit. And listen, that if, if they won't hear your voice, just let them. Because circumstances and God will get their attention. And when you, when the Holy Spirit sits on somebody, there's nothing they can do about it. He will whip them into shape. Let endurance have its perfect work. So that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Deja que la... Paciencia obre su trabajo para que, te, para que estés completo y falto en nada. So I need you tonight, by faith, I need you to let. Some of you came in here in your spirit and you're, you got that thing like this. And God says, let it go. Let it go. Let it, let it go. Trust me with it. Give it to me. I've got this. Say amen, somebody. Amen. And now, number four, what does he say? Verse five. And if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God. All right, here they are. Number one, consider it all joy. Smile at the trial. Number uno, sonríe cuando viene la prueba. Number two, he says, I reckon or know that this is going to produce something. Sabe, sé, tienes que saber que algo va a ser producido. Número tres, deja. Number three, let it. And number four, say with me, ask God. 
That's the recipe for pressure points right there. Esa es la receta para las, los puntos de presión. Smile. No. Let. Ask God. Ask God for what? Wisdom. Dice, número cuatro, pídele a Dios. What you need to do is ask God for wisdom. Look at what this text says. If any man lacks wisdom. Anybody in here ever lack wisdom? Yeah. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And God will give it to him freely and without reproach. I don't think, um, probably not very many of you are carpenters. Quizá no muchos de ustedes son carpinteros. Pero los carpinteros que están aquí saben lo que voy a decir. Those of you who are carpenters, you know what I'm going to talk about. When you're building something, often people will walk up in the, in the middle of the project. And they will not understand what you're building. Un carpintero está edificando algo y viene alguien, está parado y no entiende. And they start forming opinions about how you should do it. Y comienzan a formar opiniones de cómo usted debe hacer esto. Pues yo, yo si fuera usted, yo pondría la puerta acá y la ventana aquí. If I were you, I would put the, the door here and the, the, the window here and I would put a restroom over here y el baño acá. And, and no saben lo que está edificando, pero se imaginan. They don't know what you're building, but they imagine. Till finally you say, this is, this is going to be a garage. <laughs> Hasta que usted le dice, este va a ser un garaje. No, no va a tener puerta ni ventana, ni va a tener baño, es un garaje. So the better thing to do, lo más sabio sería llegar y pedir o preguntar, ¿qué estás haciendo? The easier thing would be to ask, what are you doing? We always tend to arrive on the scene and tell God, God, if I were you, I would put a door here and a window here and a restroom here and I would solve this problem this way and that way and God says, I'm not building that. So ask God for wisdom. Ask him, Lord, what are you doing here? What do I need to learn from this? What is my role in this? Because when you start asking, he'll tell you how to pray, and he'll tell you what to pray for, and if he wants you to shout, he'll tell you how loud to shout, and if he wants you to be quiet, he'll tell you to be quiet. If he wants you to wait, he'll tell you to wait. If he wants you to run, he'll tell you to run. Ask God. And God will tell you, this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm going to do it. And if he doesn't tell you, you wait on him because he'll give you the wisdom to know what he's doing. Si usted primero le pide a Dios y le dice, ¿qué estás haciendo aquí? ¿Qué quieres que yo haga? ¿Qué voy a aprender yo de esto? Y te pones en la posición, no de un maestro, pero de un estudiante y dices, Señor, ¿qué es lo que yo tengo que aprender de esto? Ahí viene la sabiduría. Right, I'm going to, one more. It's the same one, but it's a little different. Verse 6, the last command. But he must ask how? In faith. Número 5, el último. Tiene que pedir, ¿cómo? Con fe. If you're going to ask God for wisdom, that's the first part. But you ask in faith. ¿Cómo es que vamos a poder pasar los momentos de presión en nuestra vida? Los Pasamos cuando le pedimos a Dios sabiduría y le pedimos a Dios en fe. Now listen, this is a very important text of scripture and it's, it, it, it's often uh, overlooked. But the scripture tells you that a man who does not ask in faith is double-minded 
and should not expect to receive anything from God. Dice la Escritura que el que, el que uh, no pide en fe es, doble, es de doble mente y no debe esperar recibir nada de Dios. So if you're not going to trust him with it, don't expect to receive anything from him. It's that simple. He says, I demand faith. In your pressure points, you're going to have to trust me. En tus momentos de presión, vas a tener que confiar en mí. Can I ask you to stand tonight? Vamos a ponernos en pie esta noche. Just raise your hands. And just say this prayer with me. Lord God, tonight I recognize that you are producing something in my life. Give me wisdom. Give me understanding. Give me the grace to let you be God in my life. Now, right where you are, just let him do that. Just turn those things over to him that you need to turn over to him tonight. I don't know what they are. God knows and you know. Just let him. Ahora, ponlo en las manos de Dios. Dice, Señor, yo reconozco que necesito tu sabiduría. Esta prueba viene para producir algo en mi vida. Yo quiero la sabiduría para saber qué es lo que estás haciendo en mi vida. Y te voy a dejar, lo dejo, que tú me digas que yo haga. Tonight he says to somebody, be still and know I am God. I am God. Come on, just go in the go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Just let him. Just let him. Holy Spirit, I pray that in the last moments of this service, you would come down into this house with might and power. And bring freedom and perfect liberty. Let us see what you're building here. What you're building through this circumstance, this situation in our life. I speak to you tonight by the Spirit of God that the reason you're here is because there is divine purpose. God is not done with you. Your life is not an accident. It is not a random occurrence. You are here on the earth tonight because God has a purpose. Let endurance have its perfect work in you. So you fell, get up and go again. God says, I have a purpose for your life. Your trials do not define you. They are preparing you. Come on, receive by faith tonight. Right in that place of pressure, God says, I'm growing you. I'm making you stronger. I'm making you better. I'm making you greater than you ever thought you would be. You leave that man to me. You leave that woman to me. You leave those kids to me. That job to me. That's mine. You trust me.